Well, here we are at the start of a new year, and I think most of us here today are probably thankful that 2020 is over, are we not? <laughs> Amen. What a strange and bizarre year. First pandemic that I've ever lived through. I hope it's the last one that I'll see in my lifetime. Uh, such a strange, strange time. But you know, I recognize that at the first of the year is a time that we often reflect, and we often think about goals for the new year. Sometimes we think about failures of the past or perhaps successes to build upon. We think about things that we'd like to change. Many people today will begin with uh, New Year's resolutions, and New Year's resolutions can be very good if they're very carefully selected. But a lot of people will set goals of losing weight or saving more money or learning a new skill. People will think of all kinds of things that they would like to do and accomplish and be that is different in 21 than it was in 20. For some of us, as we reflect back on the year, I know it was a very hard year. We have people in our church that lost family members, spouses. There are businesses in our community that uh, I'm told are not going to reopen. There are very real difficulties associated with this past year. And some of us have lost things that we will never get, get back. So today I want us to look at the life of a man who also lost an awful lot. And, and like the suddenness of this pandemic in his life, it was in a moment that he seemingly lost everything. But the reality is that this man's life had, had only just begun. And I believe that God has given us the details including both the failures and the successes, as an example for us that we might understand the very character and nature of God and find hope not in our circumstances but in, in who he is. The Bible tells us the story about this man named Moses. And when we think about Moses, most of us think about the Moses who led the nation of Israel out of Egypt we think of the Moses that led the nation of Israel through the Red Sea and up to the threshold of the Promised Land. We think of the man that went up on Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. We think of the man that wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. Perhaps we even think about when Jesus went up on the mountain and was transfigured before some of his disciples. And there he spoke with Elijah and this man, Moses. But the reason that we think of all those things is because that's the vast majority of his life that the Bible tells us about. But do you know that all of that began for Moses at age 80? 80. In fact, the first 80 years of the life of Moses is covered in two chapters of the Bible. One chapter tells us about his birth, and the other tells us about at age 40 how he was, had to flee from Egypt for his life. And then we begin in verse in chapter 3 where Moses is 80 years old and God speaks to him from the burning bush. And it's from 80 on the rest of his life that we know so much about. 
And so today I want us to take a moment and focus on Exodus chapter 2. In particular, verses 11 through 22 that tell the story about how Moses seemingly lost everything. But for all of us here today that know the rest of the story, we realize that Moses' adventure and success and reward had just begun. So I want to invite you to join me in standing as we read this together. Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Here's what the Bible says. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people. And he looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he, he went the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? And he answered, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father, Reuel, he said, how is it that you've come home so today? They said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter, Zipporah. And she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I've been a sojourner in a foreign land. Let's pray together. Father, I pray today that you'd help us to find truth in the life of Moses. May we see our condition today from an eternal perspective, putting our faith and our trust in who you are and what you have planned for us. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, Moses begins in, in chapter 2 here, verse 11. It says when Moses had grown up, Moses is 40 years old at this time in his life. And we think about Moses. Moses had been, uh, if you don't know the story, Moses had been uh, adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, had grown up a prince of Egypt. Egypt in that day was one of the greatest nations on the face of the earth. They were an advanced civilization, civilization and a mighty army. Moses had everything that the world had to offer. Moses received a world-class education. He was a person of great political power as a prince of Egypt. He had great wealth. There's nothing that this world ascribes to success that Moses did not possess at age 40. And yet, 
we see that in just a moment, all of this is taken from him. And the reality is, is that some of it was not taken from him. Some of it was just revealed to not be part of who he truly was. You see, success sometimes is just failure in disguise. We need more than passion to become what God wants us to be. Moses early in his life had great passion, and we see that in this episode of him intervening when an Egyptian is beating the Hebrew. The Bible says in verses 11 to 12 that we just read, one day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people. Notice it says his people. Moses, we know, was, was clearly embraced everything Egyptian. In fact, when he was later out by a well in Midian, which is in the middle of nowhere, Reuel's daughters said an Egyptian saved us. No doubt they heard him speak and saw his dress and knew that he was an Egyptian. But Moses had come to a point in his life that he realized that he was, he was something more than Egyptian. It says that he went out to, to his people, that is, the people of Israel. He went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating in Hebrew one of his people. So Moses was a man that saw injustice, and he wanted to do something about it. Moses saw his people in need. He saw them being oppressed and beaten, and he wanted to intercede. And so the Bible says in verse 12, he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Well, if you're going to commit a murder, it's always a good idea to look this way and that and make sure there's no witnesses looking in there. That's what I tell my family every day. If you're going to murder somebody, look around first and make sure nobody's watching. That's what Moses did. The Bible says that he looked this way and that. And for those of you that have no sense of humor, that was all a joke. <laughs> Moses looked this way and that. He did everything that made earthly sense to cover up his tracks and to commit a crime for which he could not be held accountable. He looked around and saw no one. But how many times throughout the scripture have we read about people committing the perfect crime and yet finding out in the end it was not so perfect after all? And so it was with Moses who looked this way and that and thought that no one was looking and no one would know, but yet we know from reading on that word got out. Someone saw and someone knew. And the Israelites began to talk about what Moses had done as he murdered this Egyptian I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2. Very important principle for all of us. Desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. There are a lot of people who are very passionate, have a lot of desire to do a lot of good things. But when we have more desire than we have knowledge, we can do more harm than good. Moses saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite, and so he interceded, and he, he murdered him, and he hid the body in the sand, only to be rejected by his own people and hunted down by Pharaoh. Don't miss the irony that as a young man, Moses wanted to deliver his people, but he failed to do so in his own power. But later in his life, God would empower him. 
And in his old age, he would deliver the entire nation of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh and lead them right up to the very threshold of the promised land. Moses, in every way in his early life, appeared to have every bit of earthly success. But the reality is, is that the first 40 years of his life just simply led to a moment of failure. Moses wanted to be the leader of the people. But leadership is more difficult than it looks. Leadership doesn't come from a position. It is earned through influence. And so in verses 13 and 14, it says, When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? And he answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? It's not the last time that Moses would be rejected by his own people as their leader. Leadership is, is quite difficult. And many people receiving a position or just getting in their head that they have a position often leads them to great frustration as they find people not following their orders. Moses desires to be the leader of the nation of Israel. But yet his own people say, who made you a prince over us? Once again, the irony is that he would become the leader of the nation of Israel. But in, in God's timing and in God's way. When we look at the, the change that took place in Moses' life, it reminds us that every form of earthly success can be taken from us in just a moment. Wealth, health, status, power, everything that this world values can all be taken from us in just a moment. Verse 14, he says, he answered, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? The Bible says then, then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. What a dramatic pause in this story. As the Bible tells us, he he sat down by a well. There's a lot of people in our congregation and community today that are sitting by a well, looking back on the past and wondering what lies in the future. Moses, as he thought back on what God was perhaps doing, perhaps not doing, Moses no doubt took an inventory of all that he had just lost. Moses, in just a moment, went from being a prince of Egypt to a fugitive in the middle of nowhere. Moses probably thought his life was a total failure. But God could have never sent Moses to deliver Israel if he had remained Egyptian royalty. You see, the problem with evaluating our own life is that we can only see backwards. We can't see what God is going to do with us or how God wants to use us in the future. And many of us 
when we evaluate our life, we do so with a very short-sighted, limited perspective. You see, life is difficult, and there are always ups and downs. And there are lessons that we can't learn without failure. And so many times in the midst of learning, in the midst of growing, we want to evaluate our life based on what we see right around us in our immediate circumstances. And we become depressed and we become frustrated. And we feel that we are a failure. And it may be that we have failed many times. But if you look back through history, you'll see the greatest leaders in the world. Most of them emerged out of failure. They kept failing long enough to learn what they needed to learn to be able to succeed. And Moses, as he sat by this well, he probably thought that his life was over and he had just lost everything. And there was a lot of good things that he left behind in Egypt. But the reality is that Moses' life was just beginning. Moses was not sitting at the end of his life. Moses was simply sitting between good and great. When we think about our own lives, there may be times that God takes things from us. Sometimes God takes bad things from us. Sometimes God allows us to lose even good things to get us to where he needs us to be. But when we think about our life and evaluating where we are and what we've become and who we need to be, we need not just to look backwards. We need to look forward. And with faith and trust, believe that God cares more about our future than we care ourselves. And that he has a plan for us and a purpose. We put our hope not in what we see, but in what God has promised about our future. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. As I think about all that Moses had lost, which was nothing compared to what he was about to gain, I'm reminded of what Paul told us in Romans when he said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul was speaking about the glory that was to be revealed in us in the next life. You see, most of us, when we evaluate our lives, we think only in terms of our years upon this earth. But if what Jesus said is true, then when we step out into eternity, our time has just begun. You see, Moses was 40 years old as he sat by that well. He would live another 40 years in absolute obscurity before God would raise him to a place of prominence and use him greatly. If we're going to trust God and allow him to take control in our lives, we're going to have to learn to be, to be patient, to be patient. We should never underestimate how difficulties and problems may be used by God to bring about blessings in our life. Such was the case with Moses and such is the case for many of us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, listen to this promise that the Bible gives us. It says, and we know that for those who love God, 
All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. As we think about Moses sitting by the well, we're we're left to, to imagine and contemplate what he might have been thinking. But I love those rare moments when we see the New Testament explain to us what a person in the Old Testament was thinking. There's a passage like that about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Listen to what it says. By faith, when Moses, when he had grown up, you notice that's exactly what Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 says, when Moses had grown up. It's not referring to his later life, but when he was 40 years old. When he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Remember what Exodus told us that he went out to his people. Moses identified as an Israelite, knowing from where he had come. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So we think about the reward that Moses received, not just in his earthly life, but then later. Moses may have given up being prince of Egypt. He may have given up wealth, power, and status, comfort. But he came, God's man, on a mission to deliver God's people. He became the man who would go up on the mountain and speak with God himself. He became the person who would deliver the tablets that the Bible says God engraved with his own fingers. He laid out the Ten Commandments. It became the person who would lead the nation of Israel. He became the person that God would use to give us the first five books of the Old Testament. And when Jesus was transfigured on that mountain, Moses was one of two, one of two prophets that Jesus would speak with that day. What Moses lost and left behind is not even worth comparing to what he received from following the Lord. You see, God's plan for our life extends far beyond what most of us can even imagine. Most of us, if we're thinking about retirement, consider ourselves to be long-range planners. But God is thinking about eternity. And so we look at what happens in Moses' life as he goes out into the middle of nowhere to this place called Midian. And the Bible tells us in verse 16, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered the flock. Now, the Bible doesn't say how many shepherds there were, but it is plural, and Moses was one man. 
Moses who didn't know these young ladies once again saw an injustice and he intervened. You see, Moses was a person of character. It was that character that had called him, caused him to act, even if it was in haste and in ignorance. It was at least driven by passion and concern for people. And the same Moses that wanted to right the wrongs of his people in Egypt is now willing to step up and help some random strangers in the middle of Midian. You see, Moses was a person of character, and this character was undeterred by his rejection by the Israelites. One of the things that we learn in life is that pressure has a way of revealing what's inside of us. Many people are able to, to convince themselves there's something that they're not. Many people are able to put on a great show and convince other people that there's something that they're not. But when pressure comes, that's when who we truly are often surfaces and becomes visible for everyone to see. And Moses was a person of great character. So even in this moment as he sat there by the well with all of his problems, Moses interceded for some random strangers because he perceived once again injustice. We see what takes place as he is then invited to the family's home. You never know what might seem like a simple act at the time can, can redirect your entire life. The Bible says in verse 18, when they came home to their father, Reuel, uh, later in scripture he's referred to as, as Jethro. We don't know uh, why. Some people have suggested that Reuel is perhaps the family name. Jethro is his first name. People, you know, had multiple names just like we do today. So this man would become Moses' father-in-law. He said, how is it that you've come home so soon today? Well, they had already drawn the water before Moses uh, interceded. So the fact that their father's surprised that they're home early would imply that being swindled out of their work by the shepherds was a regular thing for them. And so he says, how did you get home so early today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. And he said to his daughters, then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Such a simple act, just trying to show kindness to some random strangers. And it led to an invitation to dinner. Dinner that would then lead to Moses finding his bride. For the next 40 years, Moses would quietly raise his family in Midian. The Bible says in verse 21, and Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son and he called his name Gershon, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. 
Now, I want you to notice something. Uh, the Bible often gives us a highly selected and condensed account of things. Uh, so the Bible has just told us here about the next 40 years of Moses' life. Don't, don't think for a moment that Moses went to dinner and as they were passing the peas, Jethro said, well, how would you like to have my daughter? And he says, I'll take her for my wife. And she says, great, we're going to give birth to a son this evening. It didn't work like that. Uh, the Bible has just taken this 40 years of Moses' life and crushed it down. Now, now, why does it tell us about so much with so little? Because this is so insignificant in regard to what God wanted to do with the life of Moses. Moses... Spent 40 years growing up in Egypt. He'll now spend another 40 growing with his family in Midian. And then at age 80, God will speak to him through a burning bush and give him the calling of a lifetime. You see, the Bible says that Moses went out and he was, he was sitting by a well. So we think about what we've lost. All of us have lost something. Some of us have lost much more than others. But we've all lost something. I want to encourage you today not to dwell on what we've lost or what we've left behind. Our youth, our health, our wealth. But instead, to in faith, follow God faithfully. Moses probably never thought that when he spoke up and stood up to some bully shepherds, they would redirect the rest of his life. That would lead to him finding a wife, a home, and building a family. But you see, this is how life works. There's a lot of things in life that no matter how hard we try, we can't make happen. But yet when we find that when we're faithful and consistent, doing what God has called us to do and being who God has called us to be, that he puts us in all kinds of places to bring about circumstances that he works together for our good and to use us for his purpose. Some of you here today, I, I know, are toward the end of your earthly life. You may be thinking, Pastor, I, I've got more days behind me than I do ahead of me. And that may be true on this earth. But the Lord has told us that he came that we might have eternal life. And for all of us that have put our faith and trust in him, we have innumerable days before us. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that Moses was looking for a reward. And if we believe and trust what God has promised, then we too should be looking for a reward. One of the reasons that I fear we have less impact on people than we should is because we mourn like they mourn. We mourn like people who have no hope. But yet we have great hope. Our hope is in a God who loves us and is able to take all the failures of our life and all the problems and all the difficulties and he's able to work them together to lead us to where he needs us to be. 
so that he might use us greatly. So I want to encourage you today to put your faith in your hope. Not, not in regaining what you may have lost during the pandemic, but of receiving a reward that is far greater than anything that this world has to offer. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for people like Moses who showed us how to be courageous and faithful. Lord, I pray that we too would be people of great character, that we would be consistent in our faith. I pray for every person that's struggling financially because of this pandemic. I pray for those in our community that have lost their businesses. I pray for those that have lost family members. I pray for those among us right now that are sick and struggling with this virus. I pray that you give us a hope. A hope that's set in eternity. May we realize that no matter how much we lose on this earth, if we love you and trust you, we have a reward. We have a reward coming that's greater than anything the world has to offer. May our faith and our trust be in you. Lord, when we lose people and we lose things, help us to mourn in perspective. Not to mourn as those who have no hope, but to mourn as those who are loved by you. Father, use us in this place to build your kingdom. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. God would use Moses in a great, great way. Do you know that so much of Moses, what he did, foreshadowed the minister of Jesus who was to come? You see, the reason that Moses was able to look forward in faith and believe in hope, even though he didn't understand all the details, I'm not saying that Moses could have named the cross or foreseen the church, but he looked forward in faith, believing and trusting in God. You see, all of this was made possible by what God would later do by sending his son. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins and he solved our greatest problem. He restored the fellowship and the intimacy with God that we lost through sin. And so today, I want to invite you if there's never been a time in your life that you've prayed and asked the Lord for forgiveness, when we begin to sing, would you just pray and ask God to forgive you your sins? For those of us that have already been saved, I know many of you are making New Year's resolutions. I encourage you, as you focus on this new year, Let's not waste it with goals that, that don't really matter for eternity. But in faith, let's ask God to give us a vision for what he wants to do with our life and how he wants to use us. Let us, like Moses who rose up at a well and defended some random strangers, let us be found faithful every day, even in the small things in our life. That God might lead us to a place where he can use us for his honor and for his glory. If God has spoken to you in any way today, 
I ask you to respond to him. If you need help making a decision or you need someone to pray with you, just step out of your seat and I'll be standing at the front. I'll be glad to pray with you. Let's stand as we sing. You come if you need to.